I uh, read something uh, recently. Good job. The other day, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought it was important to read this because it actually is... uh, It tells the secret about how to give a woman the most pleasure right before... Her, her orgasm. They tell you, do they you vacuum the living room right now. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have a whole list of it, yeah, in fact. Do the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I wanted to ask the group what you guys thought might be the number one thing oh to do God. for a woman right before she comes. Uh, let me check and see what tools I have in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not answering this. this you is, don't want to answer that? This is a weird one. Does it involve a rake? No. Actually, it's I actually a, really simple. You know what? Probably like okay, whispering then what is it? Just something tell us stupid. Like, 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 oh, you're so like beautiful. No. You just got to kiss her on the mouth. That's it. Shut up. That was what it was. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Man, I can't do that, you know, because she's screaming the whole time. Yeah. yeah. You got <laughs> to pay extra for that. <laughs> Usually they don't let you. <laughs> There's a lot of risk, you know, associated. Actually, you know what? This 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 is kind of like a, I have a related thought here. This, okay. this this question occurred to me yesterday. Now I haven't never been on the online dating. As, as John was pleasuring his vagina. <laughs> no, see, I'm not on Tinder because I'm I'm married, and uh, I've always wondered. Oh, that doesn't stop people, John. I know it doesn't stop people, but no, you can't go on there if you're married. It's against the rules. Yeah, <laughs> but do they like? Leave reviews of like people's like sexual performances because if not, they should. No, like a sexual Yelp. There was basically sort of an Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode that was kind of like that. Really? Yeah, we're we're, uh, yeah, but they were dating and then they would rate people. It wasn't necessarily on sexual ability. Rate with a T. But Dennis was so obsessed with getting good ratings on the thing and (laughs) I hadn't picked up on that. Sorry. Oh wait, hold on, I missed something. How you said it. It sounded more Rating. like a P than a T. Oh, raping people. Yeah. Oh, rape and I was like, oh, oh that's... that's a better idea. That's <laughs> kind of dark. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying there's chicks that have fantasies. and you know... um, Yeah, oh. it's not really relevant here. <laughs> that... <laughs> All right. What I was saying was that's the Always Sunny always... in Philadelphia episode, and Dennis becomes, he's first he's criticizing the younger people for having this thing. You know, because he does things the old-fashioned way, like they did back in the 80s and 90s, and, you know, meeting people in real life, yeah. not yeah, using bars. an app. But then whenever he started using it, he became obsessed with getting good grading, and he kept saying, I'm a five-star man! <laughs> Typical of Dennis. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, just specifically. Because maybe if you're not good, you need to know about it. Like, Impro- how, how can I improve? improve. Yeah. yeah. I guess so, but then you would need a different app, really, because Tinder isn't just like, let's meet up and fuck. It's, you know. Then maybe we should start our own, where it's like just like a, you know, a, a sexual Yelp. Now, see, I was going to actually say it sounded almost like a sexual Uber, because after your Uber ride, you can rate them five stars or whatever. But if you want specifics, that would be Yelp. There you go. So. Hmm. What are the criteria? Sexual Yelp. I don't know yet. I just had this thought this morning, like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this thought is less than 12 hours old. What am I going to do with it? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, come, think... I'll, I'll get a write-up. I'll, but, here's, I'll... but here's the problem, though. If you're a guy, let's say you hook up with this frigid bitch who's just, <laughs> you know, not going to get pleasure from anything, then you're going to get a bad rating. It's going to screw your average up. But you can write her a bad review, too. Yeah, but then everybody just has shitty reviews, and it seems like everybody sucks at banging. This seems really open to abuse, like the real Yelp. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Just a thought. Would be fun, though. All right. Want to start the show? Yeah. Okay.
Welcome to the Unpaid Programming Podcast. I'm Lawrence, joined as always by my co-hosts, my friends, John, Jeff, and Tim. Good morning. Good morning. Because it's actually it 9.30 is a very, in the morning. Is, yeah, it is early in the morning. I thought the sound check was a better cold open. <laughs> <laughs> listen to me more. We should just do the sound check for the entire hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, that cold open made me uncomfortable. <laughs> Well, Tim, on Tim's, the bright side, most of it's probably going to go. Because so. Tim's go worried about, you know, thinking about people rating his sexual performance and it gives him anxiety. And... Yeah. Or is it We like all know that Timmy's stars, stars are dancing in your head because you Maybe. know how much more ass you'd get if you could just be publicly rated on your sexual uh, performance. I don't know if it, if it would have a positive effect or a negative effect, to be honest. <laughs> go go either way well if you like the only way you find out if you're good or bad is you have to hear it secondhand that person has to tell somebody else and that person has to tell you you would have people writing reviews for like their the right hand <laughs> <laughs> always so. knows exactly where to get me <laughs> so uh we're back here sooner than normal because episode five was such an interesting experience it wasn't that bad actually I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, but Tim, what, what Timmy happened? had to leave mid-episode. Well, why don't you tell you us what happened about there? That? <laughs> <laughs> As he puts um, his sunglasses Tim, on. Tim just puts sunglasses on. Yeah. Well, no, I was like... I don't I'm think I can got... control myself. <laughs> it's like, if I have the sunglasses on, I can just sleep and they'll never know. <laughs> was my thinking. Um, so... I, I screwed up my schedule and what I thought I worked. When did we when did we record? Monday night. Yeah, Monday, Monday night. Yeah, I thought I worked Tuesday, but nope, I worked Monday. So dispatch no. called me and was like, "Hey, why aren't you in New Alec?" Which is like a town. Uh and I was like, "Because it's my day off." And they're like, "No, you're you were supposed to be there 30 minutes ago." So <laughs> that set off the chain of events of me running <laughs> out of the door. Yeah. But what happened was, like, I'm two hours away from that station, so, like, um, by the time I I got to Pittsburgh to my apartment, my friend and my frequent uh, partner at work called me and was like, oh, I'll take your shift, <laughs> which was great, uh, because then I went on the date with that girl, so oh, yeah, yeah. it all kind of worked out, yeah. How was your date? Yeah, how did the date go? It was pretty good. Um, I made a mistake... In oh telling boy. her, oh no! You told her you were on this podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> you did. Really? Idea. You told her you had a podcast. Immediately, no. she wanted to listen to it, and oh, I was like, "No, no you can't." No. Well, four is okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, let her listen to it. I think it would it's be like, great for her. No, you could She's I mean, like, "Oh, be... this looks really funny." I'm like, "No, it's it's not." It would be. <laughs> it would be bad like, for your you... relationship. Yeah. Well, she was like, "Why don't you want me to listen to it? Like, what are you saying on there?" It's like, and I'm like, "I'm just embarrassed of how bad it is." <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we have a conversation Wait about this? Yeah, we, we just, just talked about, about this. Too much self-deprecation. No, I mean this is very, this is very accurate. This is what happened. So I, I think we're just in. Well, I don't. I, our friends don't really listen, and yeah. my wife certainly doesn't listen. And I'm, I'm kind of like embarrassed about it too. Like, because if you have a podcast, people are you expect people to be like, who the fuck is he? You know, I'm, I'm more embarrassed. Yeah. That, like, I, I occasionally say awful things that I wouldn't say to people in real life. That's true, but it makes for good, uh, good radio. Does it good though? podcasting? I don't Donald know. Trump's president now. You can just say whatever you want yeah. all the it time. Is, that yeah. is pretty awesome. 
<laughs> but uh, but otherwise, so after the go. podcast, she's never going to call you again. Well, no, she's still texting me. She she probably she figured out. Well, I think I told her the name, so she immediately looked it up. Oh. So she knows it exists. Yeah, you know what this is making me think of what. Yeah. She's on a podcast, Jerry, and it stinks. <laughs> oh. oh, well. I can't date someone if I don't respect what they do. <laughs> You're a cashier. <laughs> oh, well. So you had a good date, except she wants to yeah. listen to our show. Oh, plus, garbage. too, like, she used to be, like, a TV personality. Ooh, really? Is it oh. Sally Wiggin? Were you on no. a date with Sally Wiggin? <laughs> no, a TV personality in Kenya. Oh. Um, like, she worked for, like, a local news station. So, like, also, I was like, I don't want her listening to this. So like, she was the uh, Sally Wigan of Kenya. Yeah, but she'll listen, yeah. to, she'll listen to this show, and then you'll find clips of her in, in Kenya. Yeah, so, yeah so she, she trashes her That way, if she trashes the show, you could be like, yeah, well, I saw you on the news, and you suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'll, no, she'll listen to this show, take it back to her friends, and we will blow up in, in Kenya. Kenya. Yes. Yeah. We're huge in Kenya. We'll be huge in Nairobi. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that might that might that might give us a bump. You never know. Why not? You never know. In she the, might actually like it. And the world yeah. of beasts, and the world of beasts of Nairobi <laughs> will mate to the sounds of our our podcast. She definitely won't like it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, we yeah. saw Lion King, which was pretty. Good. Oh yeah, the live action Lion King. Yeah, everyone. Ever, I heard that it was awful. I heard See, that too. everyone. I haven't seen the real Lion King forever, oh. and the big criticism was that it's like a shot-for-shot remake. Yeah, is yeah, that that's what point? I. Heard. So it worked fine for me. I but was like, oh yeah, I remember this. This is great. But if it wasn't, then people would still be mad. They'd be yeah, like, but it wasn't like, like the original because in this scene here, this happens. Yeah, you're screwed either way. Yeah, it's, it was just like that with the original, or like not the original stars, the new. Star Wars trilogy that came out. The first one, people were pissed off because it was too much like the uh, A New Hope. And if it wasn't, then they were going to get shit on for that. So, it's, well, yeah, the second one just sucked, though. I, I liked didn't it. Care that much for no, it? It made so. no sense. The I plot, think I gave it like the three casino. And a half. The, it, the casino sequence they could have done without, but oh, everything, the, the I, whole ridiculous the plotting didn't make any sense. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. I I, I defended it, but I. I I give it like maybe three stars. Three stars. Yeah. Out of four. It's a it's a three out of four. A soft three. That's what I give it. <laughs> okay. You're well, not getting it in a quarter stars or half stars or anything. So no. Okay. So what happened? Because I don't actually listen to the well, show. Wait, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm more <laughs> interested about what. Well, we're not going to do a recap for you. Maybe other you can, than <laughs> we could talk bringing about us later. up. What? I said, I'm more interested in what happened on your date other than, you know, bringing us up. What else happened? Well, see, now I can't, t- I can't talk about it because, like... <laughs> because she's going to listen to the show and be like, oh, you were talking about me. All right, yeah. Uh, well, we're done prodding Timmy for a while, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, Jeff and I, uh, we had a, an outing with a friend of the show, Dr. Coach Rod. That's right. Ah, uh, Coach Rod. Uh, an occasional listener. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, Coach Rod has been, like, a, a common theme on the show. We always mention him, but he's never been on. Uh, he's kind of like our Bob Sacramento, almost. <laughs> In a way. In a way. Yeah. Uh, but I got to see uh, one of the most satisfying mm-hmm. things that you get to see. Yeah. That was great. So we were standing around waiting, to, uh, waiting for a tea time, and uh, we saw this little guy get out of his truck. Short guy, but he's, like, really muscular in his golfing outfit <laughs> and in, I use the word outfit specifically, is hyper-coordinated. Yeah. 
And he's one of those guys that, like, whenever he moves his head, he has to, like, have a dip. You know, just this, like, this unnecessary swagger to his... And, and you look at him, you're like, who the fuck is this douche? <laughs> he's one of those golf douches that shows up to the course, like, really dressed for the to play golf. Oh, he wears, like, the... Uh... Like, the, he has golf clothes. The golf pants. Probably lays the, them out the night before, makes sure everything. Yeah, ironing them and steam pressing them. Like nice ne- yellow polo, his maybe. White sunglasses out and neon, shining them up. Neon green shorts with a shiny blue polo with neon green piping. That's to how coordinated he was. To match that the sounds shorts. very golfer. So, anyhow, so there's a, a, a practice putting green. Mm hmm. And there's signs all around that say, please, no chipping. Yes, and I also <laughs> want to point out that this is, most golf courses have their practice putting greens, and there is no chipping onto the putting That's greens. That's pretty much everywhere. That's Everybody knows just that. about everywhere. Okay. So, what this douche does, right next to the no chipping sign. He chips. Proceeds to start <laughs> chipping. So, who is this douche immediately becomes, this guy's really a douche. Because he's doing it, like, right in front of the, the sign. And I guess he misinterpreted please no chipping to be merely a suggestion instead of an actual rule. <laughs> so here's the satisfying part. Or maybe he misread it. Please. Chipping. Please, no. <laughs> he's probably chipping. thinking... He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's probably thinking to himself, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Kick well, me off. No, it's one of those things, like, better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. So you just do it <laughs> until someone tells you not to do it. I mean, I do that a lot, but not when there's a posted sign. And not, to not directly at the... Po- right. Like, the, the sign was... He was chipping right at the no chipping sign. Mm. Like, <laughs> who's this guy? Jeez, I hope no one's watching that has a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we'll live in the ether forever now. So we also got to watch him get yelled at. Yeah, the guy came over and uh, asked him, well, I wouldn't say yelled at, he just told him to stop. Then he had to, okay, yeah, yeah, it's all right, I'll just putt. Like the guy who yelled at him was was concerned about what his activities were after he ceased the chip. I'll just putt. (laughs) Oh, good, because that's what you're supposed to do on the putting green. Yeah, douche. Anyway, John, um, so that's as much as I saw of it. John told me earlier, there's there's more to this story, John? There's slightly more, and makes it all the more satisfying. As we were leaving, we saw him roll up after, after his 18th. He's finished his round. And guess what? He was all alone. Ah, oh, poor guy. Golfing by himself on the weekend. That's sad. I've That's golfed by sad. myself on a weekday. You don't go on the weekend by yourself. Unless you're a loser that unless, nobody likes. Unless you're a loser that doesn't follow the rules. That's probably why, you know. He's That's just, probably why he doesn't have any friends. Because he's just yeah. a douche. He because he's always going rules. around. He goes out with his friends, and they're like, hey, you can't go in there. That's the women's bathroom. And he's like, <laughs> what? What? Signs are just signs, man. They don't mean anything. But yeah, I found that quite satisfying. Well, what else we got today, fellas? John wanted to talk about Al Franken. Yeah, a little, a little bit, bit, yeah. Now, uh. Because I'm good enough, <laughs> I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. And the 80s is going to be the decade of me, Al Franken. Now, what did Al Franken do? Well, we already know what he did. Did he take another, like, innocuous picture that <laughs> people got pissed off about? <laughs> no. Actually, there was an article in The New Yorker uh, this week where uh, a, a lady did some more investigating into what the hell happened with Al Franken. Yeah. Now, the original story came out was that he was on a USO tour, and he was rehearsing a scene with uh, Leanne Tweeden, who she said... He wrote the scene just so he could plant one on her face, you know. Yeah, her. but he's been doing that that scene for, like, decade or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, no, when he was, like, 10 years younger and hornier, he's like, oh, man, this would be a really great sketch. I can kiss the girl. 
So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of, kind of. Yeah. But uh, so they did some investigating into. Come on, it's Al Franken. How often is he going to get the girl? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyhow. Anyhow. <laughs> Isn't that like kind of the theme of every single like uh, sitcom that happens in high school? Like the boy, yeah, he tries a... out for the musical or the play because yeah, he, he likes the one girl and wants to kiss her. Exactly, mm-hmm. and even though he has no experience, he ends up getting the male lead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just because it would it wouldn't work well if they were like, all right, well you can hold up this shrub and pretend you're a tree. So really, <laughs> it's Hollywood's fault that Al Franken did what he did. <laughs> Okay, so the one thing that they investigated was how that story, how Leanne Tweeden's story was released. Now, yeah. she was working for KABC in Los Angeles, which was a, an upstart uh, conservative talk radio station. And the reason that she, uh, she released it to keep it exclusive to KABC, number one. So she already had an, an ulterior motive there to give her own company a, a bit of a boost, because they were, you know, they weren't... They're just up yeah, and starting. Conservative talk in Los Angeles, in San Francisco, or, or I think it was Los, An- Los Angeles, well, Ange- California, California, anyway. Yeah. So that was like one thing that was kind of suspicious, and the other thing was was that her recollection of the story, the fact that I think you wrote that just to kiss me, and that's like her version of events. That line was in the sketch. <laughs> <laughs> the sketch I didn't know that. The actually. sketch was was that Al Franken. The sketch is Al Franken writes a part. Where he writes it just for the, so the lady can kiss him. So basically, the only way that Al Franken is at fault here is if um, he insists that she not see the script beforehand, only read it off of cue cards or something. <laughs> like yes, and then she doesn't know that what's going to happen or that it's all a joke. The whole thing's a joke anyway. That yes, he wanted to kiss her. Well, her story is is that he insisted on rehearsing. Well, yeah, you have to rehearse. You're performing for the oh, troops. Yeah. You know, and then that's when he be on American. <laughs> Honestly, if you don't rehearse, you get this show. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much. You can't rehearse a war, man. <laughs> Bob Hope never rehearsed. You think we went to the jungles and Nam and rehearsed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she was like put off by the fact that he wanted to rehearse, and they rehearsed, and that's when she said he he crossed the line. Ah. Uh. And if so, you do that again, you know. So where did he cross the line? Did he go off script? Apparently, th- he did some a... tongue stuff in the rehearsal. That is a Ooh, little. Uh, that's that's some. Um, that's a little denies. not cool. He which denies. he which he denies. And here's okay. where her story kind of falls apart. Ooh. Is that she said they were alone. Now, they weren't alone. They interviewed a lot of other people who have been on various USO tours. People who perform, you know, in a foreign country for the troops are never alone unless you're in the can. Because they have escorts because they want to guarantee safety, yeah. no matter where you yeah. are. Security. So, so and, and the woman who wrote the article for The New Yorker did a lot of follow-up and talked to nearly a lot of people. Nearly a lot. Nearly a lot. Nearly a lot. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that number to, is nearly a lot. I don't have a script in front of me. I'm going... I, I'm, <laughs> no. I, I'm sorry. Asshole. Anyway. <laughs> I know I broke your flow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and they all said, no, that's, that, that couldn't have possibly happened because you, you're not allowed to be alone. On the, whenever you're touring for the USO. So that's one, another part that doesn't add up. And the third part is, Al Franken was doing that sketch for years beforehand. So he really can't write that part specifically to kiss Leanne Tweeden when he wrote that part for he years earlier. Kiss Whoever he wanted to kiss the years first ago. time. Yeah. So, so Al Franken, um, let's Good see. Good enough, smart he, enough. He took a picture uh, where he pretended to grab a woman's breasts. 
Yes. And he also participated in the middle school production of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And that's why he had to be the sacrificial lamb of the Democratic Party whenever the whole Me Too thing was happening. Wait, wait, wait. Romeo and Juliet? I was joking. He was, was talking I about... Was, uh, I was uh, making like... an analogy. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Maybe a little over your head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Timmy's just come Tim, from a 12-hour shift, Tim's, so he's a little tired. from work. But anyway, yeah, so he was the sacrificial lamb of the Democratic Party because when all, all this Me Too stuff was happening, it was, a lot of the people who were politicians were and getting in trouble were Republicans. Yeah. So then the Democrats had to be like, oh, well, well, look, oh, here's Al Franken, and this is coming out. We better, you know... Get on this because we don't want to look like hypocrites because we're the main ones who are saying that you know we're going after. But it the wasn't just uh, that one specific woman that uh, was it, led to an issue. Was it a sketch that he there, had there were, where he pretended? No, no. To there were, <laughs> right afterward, right after that all came out, I don't know if you remember this, but there were several women who accused him of groping and uh, forcibly touching, kissing, kind of that kind of thing. in the sort of uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, every other accusation that came out after the photo was released and Leanne Tweeden told her story on KABC mm -hmm. was uh, all the stories were exactly the same. Yeah. Was he posed for a photo and he grazed he, the butt. Yeah. Or yeah. that he, <laughs> he groped a little. So I don't know what that's about, but it's always I heard, going on. I heard, <laughs> see, what I heard was that... Uh, John does that to me all the time. I know. <laughs> I'm not even joking. We brought John this does up. do that yeah. to me. You should see the pictures of John and my grandma. I mean, <laughs> he does it to everybody. That's just John. But uh, that was why he was pushed out the way he was, because those accusations came up. He had, he had no one defending him. Yeah. Well, yeah no one yeah. wanted to defend him, it, it, to defend it became, him because they would, they would look bad. They don't want to attach themselves to It became an immediate opportunity for, like, left grandstanding yeah to be like well he has to be out of here even though he's a democrat uh, it doesn't matter and so another part of this article was about seven or eight senators who called for his resignation at the time like they talked about how much they regretted it because the one thing that we did not discuss yet was that al franken at the time was insisting for an ethics investigation mm -hmm. he wanted the opportunity for it to be looked into yeah which was the that's that would be the traditional way to go through things and he didn't get the opportunity to do that. No. No, but we don't have innocent until proven guilty anymore. Well, uh, I, I, I think situations like this where we kind of, as the public, overreact, especially since uh, the one AMC personality, I can't remember who it was, he was me John too. Ham. No, it wasn't John Ham. <laughs> John Ham. Someone grabbed my enormous See, cock I don't from like my pants. the whole... I don't like calling it like, oh, he got me too, because like 99% of it is legitimate, though. Yeah. So it makes it no. sound like... It isn't legitimate when, like, most of the time it is. No, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to point out that John was the one who used the phrase me too Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> me for another apology. We, we try to be <laughs> accurate uh, on this show. Uh, my, my statement was uh, taken out of context. Uh, I respect women. And, uh, women I and men. I, I, and men can be harassed, too. I, I, and I want to apologize for my most recent apology for not including men <laughs> and women. I respect all people. Um, also, the trans uh, LGBT. That's why I said all people. Community. Okay, this bit's dying. Can we continue? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so John Hamm got harassed. No, it wasn't John. Oh. I can't remember the guy's name. Chris Hardwick. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I remember hearing about that. Because they investigated that, and it turns out that her accusations were complete horseshit. Mm -hmm. And so. Then they put him back on, right? Yeah. You got you know, all the stuff back. You got to show back? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, all that proves is that, yes, the opportunity does exist for things to be either misunderstood or blown out of proportion, or sometimes, if you're vengeful, like in Chris Hardwick's case, lies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Now, with this case with Leanne Tweeden, I, I, think the, I, I, I think the way that the story was released kind of speaks for itself. Exclusively on her own network's show. Yeah. Did not go to anybody else in the press until after they had the opportunity to put it out themselves. She should have went on Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> with a view. With a view. So you were sexually harassed. Tell us about that. <laughs> By Al Franken. Oh, God. Uh, Al Franken. There's a hack impression for you. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> Very hack. We're in familiar territory now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it only took us 20 minutes to get back there. <laughs> well, hey, I thought we were getting topical here. Yeah, we were. So um, that was your opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody else? <laughs> I just think they should have gone through the ethics investigation before they forced him out. Yeah, I agree. But I think now were, that he's out, what can they, we do? Yeah, they were too busy grandstanding to give him a shot. Like, if he wants that shot to be looked into, I say that that, that also, that behavior kind of speaks for itself. Unless he's kind of, like, biding time. So I don't I, know. I, I guess. Well, that's, what like, happens. that's what you have to do, though, whenever you have all these other people and you're calling for their immediate, you know, oh, someone said you did something. Part of the... You have to get out now. And in a lot of cases, yeah, they did something. And like you said, probably 99% <laughs> they did. Part of the issue but none was, of those, I mean, they had you know, that photo. Yeah. yeah, they did have a picture. Yeah, yeah the photo was pretty damning. damning yeah. Damaging, yeah. damning, you know. Both. Both. Uh, but also, I think Al Franken has the unique position of also being a, a comedy guy yeah. uh, before being a senator. And in the world of comedy and comedy writing, you tend to be irreverent because that's what gets laughs. You know, but all in all, what happened, happened. I think like four white guys giving social commentary on the Me Too movement. Hey, this, hey, why does it matter that we're white, okay? Sexual harassment knows no uh, racial bounds. True. I'm just saying we could be somewhat out of touch here. Should we get my wife? Maybe she's been... <laughs> yeah, actually, a female voice would probably so, be... She'll come down and start crying about things I did. <laughs> <laughs> He's always garbage, man. He never takes the trash out on time, never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well, uh, Timmy, you said you had a story. Oh. What was the, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John made uh, beef jerky or whatever kind of jerky that is. So it uh, kind of reminded me of that. Um, so I don't know if I can claim uh, veganism anymore. <gasps> you fucking hypocrite. What have you done? I fucking crushed the deer the other night <laughs> with the ambulance. I thought you were going to say like you shot a dog or something. <laughs> no. No, I, I was on a back road, and the steer jumped out of the woods, and I hit it, like, hit on ambulance. And... Well, yeah. Tim, you know what you have to do? So you, if you hit a deer, you can take it, but you have to call the game commission. <laughs> so it's, it's in, it's in the, uh, the hunter book that they give you when you get your hunting license. Um, so you could call the game commission, and the, the real vegan thing to do would after be an to accident eat it. like that would be to use everything from it, you know? Yeah. Like, eat all the, take all the meat and... I mean, it would kind of go against the eating of meat, but the deer was you killed by You could share it with accident. some of your friends. It was, was going to be dead anyway. It was just going <laughs> to sit there and rot. Yeah, that's so true. That you could make, like, hats and stuff and scarves out it's of the like skin. It's like the Tibetan Buddhism thing with eating meat. Yeah. 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 Is it? I don't know. Sure. Tibetan. not? I forget what they eat in yetis. yetis. <laughs> <laughs> I think since you live near the strip district, actually, you can go back to eating meat, but only halal. There, uh, eh. 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 Because that's all about, you know, it is, being humane. It is humane, but isn't part of veganism also not eating meat that was killed to be eaten? Yeah, probably. 
Yeah. Well, it's just no meat, period. That's veganism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but the part of it is also because you don't want to kill animals for any reason. Right. Right? I don't know. Or take the George Carlin method, only animals that died in their sleep. <laughs> Downer beef. <laughs> yeah. That's good stuff. Come to Timmy's house of Downer beef. <laughs> it's aged well. It's still alive. Oh, well. So Tim hit a deer. Yeah, that, that, that was the story. I that was the deer. whole story? Yeah. A brand new truck, too. It was the newest one in the fleet. Ooh. How much yeah. damage did it do to the ambulance, let alone Not the deer? Not a whole lot, man. The deer got fucked up, but uh, the ambulance, just like a dent in the front fender. Oh. And no one cared. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, you know, I was, like, thinking, like, could I have done anything different to avoid this? And it was really, like, nah. No, I mean, did you hit so the when brakes? You, when, yeah. Yeah, that's I, all you can do. <laughs> when you show up to Narcan somebody... And they notice the dent in the ambulance. Oh, no! <laughs> the, the care I'm being given is probably faulty. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I was thinking about that. Like, it kind of, uh, it kind of, like, it's like a minus one from the, the saved numbers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we got him to the ER in time, but uh, I killed a deer. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of bringing down my stats a little, no, that no, deer. What, what do they tell you, though, when you're training? You know, obviously you have some training to drive the ambulance, right? They give you, you do something. Kind of. Yeah. But what <laughs> yeah, do they like tell a, you? Like a driver's license. So, yeah, so when I much. drove, when I drove truck, when I used to deliver ice. Anybody need anything while I'm up? A beer would be nice. Okay. Thank you. Anyway, so when I drove truck. John. T uh, Tim, are you, are you paying attention right now? Oh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, love. What were you saying? <laughs> I was asking you a question. So when I drove truck for the ice company, they would tell us that if you thought you were going to hit a deer, don't do anything, because whatever you do... Just run it whether, right over. Yeah, because you're not even going to feel it, for one thing. I mean, yeah. the deer will. <laughs> definitely, well, for a second, because well, it's going to die. That they is said, the one thing I didn't do. I didn't slam on my brakes. Yeah, because that's dangerous because that's to slam on your brakes. Especially dangerous. if you had somebody in the back, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, you luckily in. we didn't have a patient. Like, I, I hit the brakes very firmly, but I didn't like slam them on to the point where... Especially yeah. on something so top-heavy, because it was a ambulance. A ambulance. Yeah, like a van. A van one. It was in, like, a box one. So yeah. its center of gravity is, like, really high. So I didn't want to... Uh... You, you, you definitely can't swerve. And <coughs> yeah. then you can't hit the brakes. Especially, in, like, in my case, you might have, you know, a bunch of tons of weight... Yeah. So if you hit the brakes, then thing. you're in yeah. big, big trouble. These to tell us if you think you're going to run a red light, like if you're really close, don't just, I do just that. go. They used yeah. to say, they say yeah. just go. Yeah, it's because you try to brake and it's mm -hmm. just you feel the whole yeah. back of the ambulance and like pushing up against you. Yeah, and it's better you risk getting a ticket than risk uh, rolling over and killing several people. Or well, what's even worse? We're is... wasting all that product. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the problem with that, too, is if you, if it's, like, about to turn red and you break, you're not going to be able to stop in time. No, you're not. So then you're actually going to end up in the intersection while the other cars yeah, are coming. Yeah, that's if you don't roll the thing over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is our segment on, on safety. On how to hit a deer. On commercial and emergency driver safety. Yeah, I feel the same way whenever I'm driving Lawrence around. No. <laughs> Got him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the the shift I came from the, the, where everything went to shit last time we recorded. That was really fun because like we just were leaving. We kept getting calls as we were leaving the ER. So I got to like <laughs> drive emergent for like four hours straight. It was really fun. I got to stop at intersections, hit the horn, go through the intersection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Meanwhile, there's guys in the back giving CPR. Like, we're losing. We're losing. He's like, hey, I'm driving. <laughs> Did you visit my wife uh, during this uh, shift this week? No. I, I texted her, I think, yesterday or something, but she was at a bachelorette yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, that was yesterday, yeah. Just wandering. Just wandering. So uh, just to sum up here, when you see a deer run out in the middle of the intersection, you might as don't well. hit the brakes, <laughs> speed up, and make a bigger <laughs> Just, mess. Yeah. <laughs> well, a friend of ours drives an 18-wheeler for his job, and he, said, he, he destroys so many deer because that thing just shakes it off like a couple of fleas. Oh, yeah. yeah Whenever yeah. you see a deer on the highway and there's just this streak of blood that's like 80 feet long, <laughs> that deer was hit by a semi who didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but everyone's been making fun of me. For hitting a deer? Yeah. I think yeah. that would happen all the time, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, it he, does. He, that's he that's why they're making fun of me. If it was, oh. like, a big deal, they would be like, man, you really fucked up. They'd be like, you're fired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you destroyed <laughs> company equipment, Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> know how much that, you know how expensive that dent is? Yeah. <laughs> Tim pulls up to the hospital. They're pulling, like, the dying guy out of the back, and someone's up there. What did you do to the fender? <laughs> I, I didn't think they'd be, like, a little pissed at me. And, like, the first supervisor was, like, jokingly was, like, oh, no, the new one, what you do to it? <laughs> <laughs> like, Meanwhile, Tim's having a personal crisis over, like, you know, <laughs> killing a living thing. <laughs> You're right. <clears throat> Lung cookies. Not <laughs> 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 the home run there, Tim. Uh, callback. Woo! Nice callback. Very nice. Well, it's all so, right. Uh, it's all right that you hit the deer, and, it's, and they were joking yeah. because that happens all the time, and they know that that shit's gonna happen. You know, yeah. If you if you did it wrong, <laughs> then the ambulance would be like on the side of the road in a tree or something. Yeah, I do feel bad about the deer, though. Well, yeah, Poor you're thing. you're wired for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, he should have been. He shouldn't have been in the road. You know. <laughs> yeah, it did kind of freak well, out. It's actually kind of funny because like Western Pennsylvania deer are the fucking worst, especially Allegheny County. Because they're just, like, going through yards and just running into or traffic. jag-offs. Now, I, I had spent some time uh, growing up uh, doing backpacking in Shenandoah National Park. The mm -hmm. deer there are so well-behaved. <laughs> <laughs> they just come up to you and take some corn. No, they don't even do that. They, they, don't, they have no fear of people because there's no hunting there. So they have no reason to fear people. But the one thing that I did notice is when they go to the road, like the main road, like Skyline Drive, they look both ways before crossing the street. But then why don't okay. the deer here do that? Why do they just run out in front of you? Because they don't know any better because they're, they're, they're terrible you'd, deer. You'd think they'd figure it out after like, you know, maybe the a first year. first 10,000. <laughs> when they moved down from the mountains. Yeah. Into think... the suburbs. So I don't know what evolutionary thing happened in Virginia, but, but that's what they do. They look both ways. Well, good for those deer. Yeah, good for them. And good for all the motorists that don't have to worry about hitting them. Well, on that delightful note. <laughs> have, we ex have we exhausted deer? I think it's Fucking about... deer. <laughs> I think it's a good time for a break, don't you guys? Yes. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So uh, we'll be right back after this. After this. Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bill and Frank Eat Pop Culture. The Bill and Frank Eat Pop Culture Podcast, available today on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and at the website baggedboardedandboxed.com. The entire commode shifts. I feel like you leave the log. I wiped, I cleaned up, I left it. Two completely unqualified, self-proclaimed experts discuss television. Varys drops his robe and he's got this huge d He's really been playing the Game of Thrones. Movies. James Cameron is a douchebag. <laughs> 
comics. Mystique can grow airplane wings. What? <laughs> well, she's a shapeshifter. And professional wrestling. This is not a wrestling podcast. Lashley is just a dial tone. Like, who cares? A <laughs> dial tone. Already many great episodes for you to binge listen to. Go catch up now. Bill and Frank, eat pop culture. Go listen, download, and subscribe today. I am wearing pants, but no underwear. I'm Bob Schledecki. And I'm Gilbert Finch of personal injury law firm Schledecki and Finch. There are hazards all around us just begging to cause an accident. And if you're not letting them, you're missing out on some major cash. That's why we at Schledecki and Finch help, help you get hurt for money. But sometimes it's not enough just to suffer an injury due to someone else's negligence. If a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? No. Just like if a man falls in a national forest and nobody sees it, he'll have a harder time suing the federal government. You're more likely to be successful in your personal injury suit by making sure to experience your accident in front of witnesses. We can maximize your judgment by ensuring that your accident occurs in front of as many eyes as possible. But don't just take our word for it. Let's see it in action. Here we are at our neighborhood supermarket. Gee, I hope I don't hit my head on that low-hanging produce scale. Wrong. Or burn my hands on this rotisserie chicken. Wrong. Oh, look. A shiny Mylar balloon floating enticingly above my head. Ding, 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 ding. This attractive nuisance appeals to my inner child and is situated near the entrance of the store, the area with the most foot traffic. I can't help but grab onto the balloon string and... Oh, no. My friend has the store's balloon string wrapped around his neck. My lord, somebody please help that man. Wrong. Here, I have a pocket knife. I can... Wrong! Sir, can you please stop that? You're causing a scene. Ding, 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 ding! An actual employee of the negligent grocery store has responded to the incident and is refusing to offer assistance. All right, all right, everyone. There's nothing to see here. And now he's attempting to disperse the valuable witnesses from the scene of the accident. But we need all these people to witness the entire event and to take their names and contact information at the end. How do you think he feels right now? That man is in pain! Jet Chang! His face is turning blue. Cha-ching! He's an asshole. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching! The store employee has doubled down on his negligence by ridiculing the victim. Oh, and by the way, I'm not an employee. I'm the owner. Cha-ching, 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 cha-ching! Well, it looks like I'll be filing a personal injury suit of my own. Lucky for you, we have all these names and phone numbers to subpoena. But we won't just sit around and hope they show up to court. We'll coach these victims on how to describe the horrific scene, including all the gory details that are sure to sway the jury. Maybe they'll say exactly what happened from beginning to end. Wrong. Or go on a tirade about the American epidemic of negligent grocers. Wrong. Break down and sob about how the very sight of the event has changed their lives forever. Ding, ding, ding. If there's a tissue box in the witness stand, we'll empty it. It's all about evoking an emotional response from the jury. Facts have no place in a court of law. They only obstruct the traumatic experiences of the witness and plaintiff. And that's what we want our witnesses to convey to the jury. We'll get them to say things like, I was so terrified for his life, I can never go in that store again. Cha-ching! I tried to help, but the store owner wouldn't let me. Cha-ching! For Christ's sake, he was doing it to himself. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching! By properly badgering the defendant, we can elicit callous and uncaring responses. The jury will find him unpleasant. Or view him as a monster. A real asshole! The type of person that would stand idly by as a helpless customer has his trachea painfully crushed due to his negligence. His character will be rendered indefensible. Irredeemable. Dragged through the muck until his name becomes synonymous with Hitler, Bin Laden, and Satan. And that's why I'll be walking away with... Money! money. And the best part is... So, so can you! For accident initiation, witness coaching, and courtroom mudslinging, call us! Schledecki and Finch! 
And you're... I already screwed it up. And we're back with the smooth sounds of the Unpaid Programming Podcast coming to you from my basement. Uh, first in the second half is Tim with a story about someone he works with. You sound like the the announcer for C-SPAN. <laughs> <laughs> and they say what's coming up next on C-SPAN. I think I had a little more personality than that. I was going for more like the um, WDUQ. It was a radio, college radio station. My dad would listen to all the time because they played a lot of jazz. Uh, so whenever, you know, the nighttime guy. Oh, you're going a, for the Tony Mowad. Yeah, the Tony Mowad. He would do like, <laughs> and that was April in Paris. <laughs> By Count Basie and his orchestra. Coming up next is uh, Dave Douglas Quintet. All right. So, uh, Timmy. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a good transition for this. We don't, uh, need, don't, one. Need, we don't one. need one. Just ladies and, right in. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Last week I was with a, I was working with a supervisor, which was really cool because it was only eight hour shifts, and like if it's a supervisor, they basically don't do anything. They only go on emergency calls, and only when they kind of like feel like it. <laughs> so you just hang out the station and read the paper. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is you're gunning for that promotion, the supervisor. No, I don't want to be the supervisor. <laughs> they probably like have to do paperwork or something. <laughs> but if you're if you're like the supervisor's driver, basically, which is, you know, that's what you're doing if you're the EMT with the supervisor. You just sit around all day and you don't do anything. Really? So, this sounds pretty sweet. So uh, how much does the uh, supervisor make? I don't know. Probably a lot. Hmm. Yeah. I'll need to get it. I'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> I, I might need to put an, uh, an, an application for this job. <laughs> you need to become a paramedic first. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. A paramedic. Now, that's above an EMT, right? It that, is. That's more it training. Is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> this means you have to become an EMT, then a paramedic? I just wanted a high-paying yeah, job to be To be ass. fair, you would have to become an EMT, then a paramedic, then work there for like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the energy for that. (laughs) You have to work your way up to sitting on your ass. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But uh, the dude I worked with was kind of old and curmudgeonly. uh, (laughs) I like that. Yeah, and he was like kind of like an Italian-American version of Mark Maron, and he even kind of sounded like like Mark Maron. (laughs) If you guys remember Mark Maron's shows, like sometimes he would just like flip out over something that he like has no control... Well, he has control over it, but he just goes into these little man rants about like something stupid, like his lawn or like how <laughs> his lawn. Yeah, or like I don't know because I always the barista. Skip, whenever I listen to him, I skip the first fifteen minutes. <laughs> I've been on his TV show, Marin, which was really funny, and it's yeah, like that his a, life. That was a decent, decent show. Yeah, I watched, yeah. I watched that. That was pretty good. But uh, so this dude, like, I'm like sitting in like in like the kind of like break room like there's couches and stuff yeah. and there's like a computer room and i just hear from like the computer room what the fuck man <laughs> <laughs> the fucking where where ah the folder ah <laughs> <laughs> the fucking scanner i swear man they 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 had the scanner. It used to go to my documents. Now it, it's it's going to the desktop. Who was who was messing with the scanner? So he's like, all the other paramedics. Man, I used to have all the files in one place on the computer, and now they they turn it. So the scanner goes to a different folder. I don't know how to find it, man. It's really screwing with me. They can't leave good enough load. <laughs> I, I, I told them at Greensburg Station twenty times. 
You go to a different station and then the scatters are all messed up. Ah, fucking too old for this, man. 20 fucking years. The fucking scanners. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm trying not to get angry about these things anymore. I've been working on that a lot. been reading a lot. I do a lot of self-help. It's just not working. I still get angry over this kind of stuff. I chew on my nicotine gum and it doesn't help. I've been talking to my therapist all week about this, man. So, like, throughout the day, like, we're just, you know, doing our thing, going on calls and stuff. And everything, like, every conversation I had with them, it would always go back to the scanners. <laughs> like, it just be, he really yeah. just can't let that go. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I've, you're, you're new to this. I, I've been doing this a really long time. I, I'm thinking about retiring. It, 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 it's all a bunch of bullshit, kid. Uh, <laughs> you, you go on these calls, and it's like the fucking scanner this morning. <laughs> And then later I was uh, studying and I was like reading my book for the AEMT uh, test thing. And like it, it was like uh, about strokes and like trauma and like brain bleeds. And it said like nitro like lowers your blood pressure. And if you have a stroke, you might have high blood pressure. But it was like, don't give nitro in that case. So I'm like, right. oh, well, it didn't say don't give nitro. It said don't treat the high blood pressure. So like yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah. I walked in. <laughs> I'm like, this is how I can prove this is, myself. This, is, this though. is totally, you know. I'll, I'll talk to my supervisor about it. I'll be like, so, like, if someone was like, you know, a head trauma or a stroke, would you give them nitrate to teach to uh, treat their high blood pressure? And he's like, yeah, man, I don't know. We used to be 25 years as a paramedic. We used to be able to do all sorts of shit. Now it's all BS. And like, I, I, I don't know if I would treat it. It's, it's uh, I'm thinking about retiring. It's like that fucking scanner this morning. <laughs> I want to I want to point out that he's he's making it out like 25 years ago. Like the, the medical science was better somehow. <laughs> like we learned nothing in 25 years. <laughs> Man, now, 25 years ago, all we had to do was give them some Robitussin and send them on their way. Ugh, fucking scanner. Right. <laughs> fucking scanner. But this? I feel his pain, though, because I, I use the scanner. <laughs> like, you, you click to upload the file, and you think it's going to, like, you know, usually it goes to whatever you scan to, like, when you go to upload something. Right. And then it's in, like, some, like, you know how there's, like, different folders, like, different users' accounts? Sure, it's like, like in the most wrong computers. user account under, like, the wrong documents. And you're like, <laughs> where where'd they all go? I, I, get his, <laughs> I get what he's saying, but it was just funny. Are you becoming a curmudgeon? A little bit. I also, like, thought of, like, helping him, like, because it probably wouldn't be that hard to find, like, the right foul yeah. folder. Yeah. <laughs> He was so bad. I, I kind of relate, and the reason why is because, like, where my desk is situated in, in like, a, it's a shop office, you know, just basically a room with desks in it, and I'm right in front of the goddamn scanner, copier, you know, and a lot of times shop guys want to make copies of drawings and shit, and they can never fucking do it, and so I have become, like, basically IT for the copier. Because like, man, this is boring. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, you I know you finish. <laughs> they got a new copier at my work, and then now I have to put in a password to print something. Yeah, which is my oh, own. That's the worst. But it's my own defined yeah. four number password. Yeah. So I'm in there, and I'm. Is yours someone... one two three four? Well, see, that's what I'm getting to. Somebody comes in, and I'm about to make a copy, and I was like, oh, gotta type in my secret password, and the guy's like, what is it? One two three four, and I type on there. 
One, two, three, four. <laughs> Beautiful. Because <laughs> everybody's password is one, two, two three, three, four. four. We have where I work a like $60,000 piece of equipment that for some reason only I'm allowed to use. Lords, do you have any interesting stories about passwords? <laughs> We're having fun here, guys. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm glad you pointed out something. <laughs> well, I just want to know, like, who's the guy that's putting in, like, 8971 as, like, a secret password? Or he uses Nobody. his ATM pin number. He's he doesn't want anyone He doesn't want anyone to print out his documents. <laughs> it's I have... a familiar number. I won't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a number I use all the time. <laughs> John, what was your password story? (laughs) Well, I'm just just trying to point out that like $60,000 pieces of equipment and in other places that I've worked, the security system, all one, two, three, four. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to break into a place and the alarm goes off, just one, two, three, four. (laughs) There's a lot of that. Yeah, you're supposed to be there. That's right. Could I need to do some CNC machining? Have either of you guys watched The Twilight Zone? Oh, there was time now. There was time now. (laughs) Burgess Meredith, all he wants to do is read. For listeners that haven't watched this, you know, the Twilight Zone, the big twist at the end. He keeps trying to read. He gets interrupted. By the way, this episode is over 50 years old, so spoiler alert, everybody. It's also been referenced a billion times, including on On Family Guy, the Drew Carey show. (laughs) It's been referenced all over the place. Since. All he wants to do is read. So in the episode, he goes down to the bank vault in the basement and reads Mm -hmm. the paper while there's a big, like, nuclear attack. Mm -hmm. So he comes out from his break, and everything is fucking destroyed. Everybody is gone. He's all by himself. he's so happy about it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) In the very end, well, at least I still have my books. And then he bends over to pick a book up, and his glasses break. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. You know, here's the thing about that, though. Surely the nuclear blast didn't destroy all the glasses in the world. Like, he could have just drove down to Lens Crafters or whatever and got a new pair. They, they would probably maybe, have like a, a, maybe some Lens Crafters in the next town, you know? You know? Yeah. Someone has to have the same prescription as him. And the nuclear the blast special. destroyed, like, civilization, but books, though. <laughs> None of the paper burned. Well, libraries are very uh, sturdily built, you know? Yeah. But if yeah. the books didn't burn, then all the glass is fine, too. Think about this. And all the Every... people in the library would still be alive. Yeah. Well, think about this. Uh, and what, was that library made out of lead? I thought it was something where, like, <laughs> and was there, it was, it was a refrigerator. And was, <laughs> there nobody the else, refrigerator. was there nobody else in other library basements around the world? Well, you just couldn't find anybody. Maybe they're, they're, they existed, but they just didn't come across each other. Because yeah, they're all a bunch of nerds and they're antisocial. Well, think about this though. Like we th- we've been to college. Look, remember all the buildings that had fallout shelter, like yeah. on the building. So the books are going to be all right. What, what buildings at college had fallout shelter? Damn, all of them. At least at Duquesne, there were. No, oh. I think Cal probably had them too. Really, Fucking Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> But most of the cow, like all the, the cow was a lot of new buildings that were built after the Cold War. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you would think that, like, all the stuff at Duquesne, that's all old stuff, you know, built when Russia was a problem. Yeah. Big problems. Not like now. Yeah, Russia's. (laughs) Like now. I like to point out that Timmy. (laughs) Just in a different fashion. Timmy uh, over at the microphone with his sunglasses on and just kind of, like, vaguely smiling. Yeah. Definitely have a Ray Charles thing going on. (laughs) (laughs) Georgia. Georgia. The whole day through. through. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, uh, speaking yeah. of uh, college. Yeah. Uh, I had a conversation with a guy. And I want to put this in front of everybody else. We, we, we touched on it in our, our, our post-break uh, show-running meeting. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm just basically titled this as uh, Vietnam College Theory, in that this is an engineer who has two, uh, three kids, I think, they're all in college, so he's an older, older fella. But yeah, basically, being in his 60s now or so? Uh, no, about 55. Okay. Okay. And uh, his thesis is that the reason why, and I think America in general, we can probably agree on this, is that we are all overeducated. A lot of us. Yeah, I'm really smart. Yeah. Too many people are going to college. Yeah. yeah. Mike Rowe will tell you that. Oh, yeah. Mike Rowe's all about the trades, man. And so the, the theory about why this is so, even till today... Let's be honest. I wasn't going to go into a trade. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any skills. Exactly. <laughs> Lawrence the electrician. Yeah. I could see that. I couldn't. Now you got to climb up on ladders and stuff. He has the ass to be a plumber. That's true. But, again, ladders. Mm. Good point. Yeah. Anyhow. So, anyway. Sometimes you have to go on the roof. Sometimes, sometimes There's some no people. pipes on the roof. <laughs> yes, there are. Maybe, maybe uh, the Three Stooges were the plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> Up to the basement. So uh, his theory was, was that the common practice to avoid getting drafted during Vietnam was to just go to college and not get drafted. Yeah, because college costs like 40 bucks a semester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he says now all those people that went to college to avoid the draft now have, then have children of their own. And so their values, that whole generation, is that you have to go to college. Now, I remember in previous episodes we talked about this, and Timmy pointed out how, like, the mentality for us was, like, if you don't go to college, you're going to be living in a cardboard box sucking dick for crack. Hmm. Interesting. So the question is, does that mentality stem from Vietnam? I don't know. I'll tell you this, man. I, I wish my, my buddy Nikki would have went to college instead of going over there. I remember he and Nikki and our other friend, he just got married. Um, his wife was pregnant at the time. And um, going over there, we ended up in a prisoner of war camp playing Russian roulette. <laughs> we ended up getting rescued. Nikki had to go to the, the hospital, mental hospital. I think he uh, might have had some amnesia. He didn't remember what it was like back home. He ended up staying there, playing Russian roulette for money. I went back home for a little while. I had kind of a crush on his girlfriend. and uh, But she was still had her heart out for Nikki. I had to go back to, to Vietnam. Saigon City was the last place I saw him. There he was. He fell in with the crowd that was, he was playing Russian roulette. And uh, he ended up, ended up playing with him. Because it was something that we learned from the prisoner of war camp we were in and he uh that was his last game <laughs> so are you saying you were in the shit i was in the shit and yeah. uh also my name is robert de niro <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where you're getting at you didn't know he was describing the deer hunter i haven't seen the deer hunter what's the deer hunter <laughs> So I want I kind of want to put that for the group though. Like I think you might be right. Is that valid? Well, so there's two there's two things that happened. There's that. That's a possibility that a lot of people went to college to get out of going to Vietnam. And the other reason that a lot of people were going to college and also the reason that college tuitions increased and they started spending their money on bloated administrations is because of government-backed loans. I could see it being more of the baby boomers' parents because, you know, 
baby boomers parents are coming back from world war ii and it's like 1950s america where you're supposed to be like everyone's supposed to be doing better than their parents you right, know yeah. america is the top thing so for those those people coming back from world war ii and having kids they already have good jobs so how can their kids get any even like better jobs yeah, that's that's another that's another part of it because back in the old days it was you you had kids because you fucked yeah and, yeah and then it was like all right well you're on your own go and work at a factory or something i guess yeah you just walked on the street was, go to the mill there wasn't that mentality of like oh i want a better life for my family like there is you know after that whenever you start to get into the the uh, american progress yeah so that's the mentality of progress, progress progress for the future and the kids are my future and i want them to do better than i did and so on and maybe that's part of it too. I think there's probably, there's more than one factor here, and it's not just the uh, the Vietnam War. I don't know. My uncle went to Vietnam. They yeah. sent him to Vietnam. So did he come back? Yeah. Cool. Well, maybe because we're talking about a generation. Because Nikki didn't the come one... back. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you still look like exasperated over there. It's tough, man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the other part of it is, is though, we're, the previous generation could just walk down the street, go to the mill, and just start working at the mill for like 18 bucks an hour, even in those days, and just start your life. Yeah, that's where I worked with Nikki before we got sent over. <laughs> oh, God. Claritin works. And then just be an adult and have a job. But then all those people fucked and had kids, and they said, you know what, the mill kind of fucking sucks. Huh. Yeah, like what? I don't want my kid working in the mill. I think a couple of our uncles worked in a steel mill for a little while. My grandfather and great grandfather worked in the mill. Yeah, but they had a cushy job though. So. Our grandfather worked in the mill. That's how our yeah. uncles got, you know, a little. But bit we of... are from Western Pennsylvania, so I mean, this yeah. shouldn't be surprising yeah. to any of us. It'd be weirder if it's like, no, my grandparents. None of our family ever no, worked in the mill. No I don't understand. My, my grandfather was an IT man. <laughs> 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 for the one Univac. <laughs> Uh, I remember my great grandfather. He was a JavaScript programmer, the best there ever was. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, my great grandfather actually uh, he apprenticed with the very first plumber ever in Plymouth, England. Look at that! Wow. Yeah. That's dynamite. Yeah. Fascinating. Why didn't you uh, take on the family business then, Mister Plumber? <laughs> because the, he didn't do it when he came to this country. <laughs> You non-plumbing son of a bitch. Fucking yeah. immigrants. <laughs> With their plumbing. No, 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 Timmy, they're white. It's okay. Uh, yeah. uh, good. Who's from England, for Christ's sake? Come on. <laughs> yeah, the English were fine. The Irish, not so much. And yeah. the Italians got a lot of shit, too. And they lived in the shitty ghettos and... <laughs> like Bloomfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then then the Mexicans came, and it was... Uh, well, it was so when do you guys want to go to Nico's? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh, no, we're not doing that. Shut up. You brought up Bloomfield. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, we got some. We got some legs out of that, I guess. Uh, shifting gears. Yeah. Shifting oh, gears. Oh, there's another gear. Yeah. I okay. guess not for you, Tim. Tim, you're still in first over there. Yeah. Well, He's what's half the asleep. next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I talked about it in the last episode, but it got cut. Uh, uh, so you, it got cut the last episode. As he glares at me, <laughs> you no, no, I got it. I'm it, was, it must be so good then. It was cut because you weren't here, yeah. and you, you thought that you would have some good input yeah. on this. Yeah, this is something I think you would have good input on, Tim. Tim, this maybe, is a, this but, is something that only you would have good insight. But maybe on. a better rested Tim 
would have yeah, better input. Yeah. But yeah, let's yeah. give it a shot. Sleepy yeah. Tim let's Tim. Let's try. Okay, I'm going to leave like three seconds of silence so you can cut this more easily. <laughs> That's enough. Okay. <laughs> so I, was, I, I had watched a, a documentary series on Netflix, Timmy, uh, called Exhibit A. Oh, I think I saw that. It was talk- excellent. <laughs> it, w- it was talking about like unreliable uh, expert witnesses. Yeah, and, yeah. And give junk a, science. Give him another pillow. take his head. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you watch all all four episodes of it? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, it, and I'm going to present this to you guys as if like we hadn't already talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> but they talked about video analysis, mm-hmm. uh, blood spatter. Yeah. Uh, cadaver dogs mm-hmm. and touch DNA. And you had a lot to say about cadaver dogs. I had a lot to say about the cadaver dogs. Was my favorite episode. Oh yeah, they're a total joke. They don't work. Lie detectors are also fake too. Well, that's why they're inadmissible in court. Yeah, lie detectors. But the episode with the cadaver dogs was particularly compelling. Number one, because I like dogs. Of course. So they show the dogs. I'm like, oh look, there's a dog. Wonderful. I would have bet the dog. I would have bet the dog. Yeah, Johnny. Maybe you should become a canine cop. How do I do that? I don't know. Be a cop and then ask for a dog. I got the dog. You'd use your dog? Does he have, like, cop skills? No. He'll just, like, give all the burglars lots of kisses. Oh, that's true. Well, anyhow. Cadaver dogs. Cadaver dogs. So the episode... Ooh, I have an idea. Yeah. Bring some cadavers to your house and then have your dog, you know, like... Pick up on the kisses. smell and I just lay him out know. in the yard. <laughs> just lay out dead bodies. In the yard. Barry Harris drives by and just waves anyway. <laughs> you have a lot of uh, science projects, I see, John. <laughs> I'm just training my dog to smell dead bodies. Well, I wish my dog could do that. Well, anyway, <laughs> see you later. As if it was nothing. Anyhow, so the case for the cadaver dog episode involved a carjacking mm-hmm. and with a baby in the back. Two-year-old. And so the guy is trying to tell the police that, like, this is where I was carjacked, and the police are just not having any of it. Oh, yeah, that one was tragic. They never believed the dude. Yeah. They just immediately decided that he killed his daughter. Yeah. That dude loved his daughter. Yeah. And uh, so he's, like, driving around with the police. Or did he love her a little too much? (laughs) (laughs) He's driving around with the police, like, trying to tell him, this is where it happened, and the police are going... Sure, buddy. Well, uh, <laughs> what were you doing on this street? Huh? <laughs> this I, uh, I live on this street. <laughs> the daughter was in your car, open and shut case. Book them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Get the paddy wagon. <laughs> and so the cadaver dog barks at the car seat. <laughs> Dogs bark at cars all the time. <laughs> And then that was the that was the that evidence. was, that was the smoking gun. Was the dog barked at the car, car seat? <laughs> I'm still stunned that the defense lawyers just couldn't get around this fact that the dog barked at the car well, seat the, the, enough to pre- to plant reasonable doubt in the jurors' well, head. That's a problem. Like they get an expert. And I know, the but yeah, like, that's still mind blowing. Right? Yeah, and I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's, the, it's the defense's job to tear that expert apart. But even, even still. Yeah, you're, it's an uphill battle because they're like, oh, well, it's an expert. They obviously must know what they're talking about. Well, well here's an expert. Well, here's the thing, though. So whenever I, I've had jury duty a few times and you fill out... You're an like, expert. No, you, I'm just saying, you fill out a questionnaire before they officially make you come in. And one of the questions on there is, um, would you 
trust the testimony of a police officer more just because they're a police officer. God, no. But no, <laughs> they don't have, like, would you trust the testimony of an expert more just because they're an expert? They just figure if you bring this guy into court, he knows exactly what he's talking well, about. Well, blood splatter was a big one, too. That, like, that none of that one works. Yeah. That when we talked about it last time that we cut off. But here's, but, but here's the overall theme of the entire series, with the exception of the video analysis, which I'll get into in a little bit. But Bullshit that gets people put away. Right, but what they're saying is these tools are useful. Like, a cadaver dog can be useful if they find a fucking cadaver. Yeah. <laughs> it but they the didn't. So, Maybe and, they left the body in the ashtray. So what they... <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't a Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that at that house. I'm not that mean. Anyhow. Mm. Um, so what oh, I, Jesus. I just picked up on that. <laughs> that wasn't nice. That was not nice. It's not what I was going for. Just bleep that, please. <laughs> okay. Fine, German automobile. <laughs> Shamed. Just, just keep fine. going. Leave that, it in. It's was, an old joke. Wow. <laughs> it's an old joke. I'm just hack. keep going. It ended up me being hack and mean. But um, so anyhow, they're talking to the family, like the the the, the mother of the daughter, and this was like mm-hmm. my favorite part of the whole fucking series. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because the mother is speaking in earnest. Yeah. And just trying to like you know. Like, number one, the police are not doing anything else besides putting the husband away. Of or, or the father. I'm not quite sure if they're married or still married or what. But And she's talking to the camera or talking to the interviewer and saying, like, I am not this evil person that they're making me out to be. I am a veteran because she served. You know? mm-hmm. I'm a homeowner. I volunteer. I bake. Yeah. <laughs> now, wait a minute now. So we're not supposed to trust the testimony of an expert just because they say they're an expert. Are we to trust the testimony of a veteran just because they bake? Yeah. It was just an interview. I found that part charming. Does yes, and yes. Donate to the school bake somebody, sale. Somebody who bakes is, is definitely more trustworthy. So don't trust the homeless veteran. Because <laughs> she's I heard, a homeowner. I heard Jeffrey Dahmer baked. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice fillet of bicep. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, what are the uh, lady, the cream the lady, sauce. The lady bakes. <laughs> yeah, she bakes. I like that. But anyhow, <laughs> so they were talking about the car seat. It was like a third, like, this car seat was, like, passed around by, like, everybody in the family. Yeah. So it's like, it was fourth hand. That thing was filthy. Of course the dog would bark at it. I barked at it. That sounds like one of our car seats when we were little. Oh, yeah. We were made in the 70s. <laughs> with the big springy the thing, like little thing came down little fucking yeah. lunch tray that came down with a cushion on it it's weird that we were like two when we sat in those things and we both remember them yeah what's wrong with us anyway but anyhow Timmy was getting the blood the, the blood spatter the blood he spatter fell asleep. that was the other one yeah. but now he's asleep <laughs> yeah blood spatter is uh, not accurate well, we saw Got that. <laughs> we saw that in uh, the staircase. Yeah, the staircase. Yeah, that was they had that Japanese guy that was big on blood spat. He's a blood spatter guy. No, it was the nerdy white guy. I thought well, the Japanese no, guy was a blood the, spatter the guy. The counter expert was though Asian. Oh, okay. So the defense expert was yeah, the Asian guy. And then they they jury pulled or like they did some sort of like you know how like they get like fake jurors where they show them videos. Yeah. Uh, to see like how like how witnesses will do and stuff like that. It was horrible because for the Asian expert, it was basically like all all the like uh 
you know, all the focus group things they did with him was like, oh, I don't trust that the Asian guy. <laughs> I don't trust he the Asian like, guy. He, he thinks he's smarter than us. <laughs> like, just like... <laughs> He is smarter than you, dummy. Of course he is. He's Asian. Yeah. <laughs> he may be smarter, but he's he, he's smarter in in uh, pseudoscience. <laughs> well, no, actually, that was the thing. Like, he was very like realistic about what you can and can't do with like blood splatter, and he was oh, like yeah. the expert, and he was basically saying what this like the state expert was like all BS. I guess I didn't pay enough. Yeah, attention but he was to Asian, so he just like you know he thinks he's smarter than the rest of us. You know, it's because you get to college, just a piece of paper you <laughs> yeah. get. You know, well, right? well, that's like one thing we, we talked about last time was the that when someone you, a lot of times when someone has an accent, especially if it's like uh, like English or some kind of European, then they tend to sound more credible. Even if what they're saying is bullshit. No, these hicks, it, it, it like rever- <laughs> these it hicks. had the reverse effect though, where well, they're the, like, I don't trust this guy. <laughs> like he the, thinks the, he's so smart. I guess it depends on the jury. <laughs> he talks weird. Like they were saying that too. Like yeah, he, he had an imagine, imagine if Dr. Cyril Wecht, who is one of the most respected and trusted forensic pathologists in the country, yeah, had a Pittsburgh accent. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see in the third, there's a breakdown there in the orbital bone. Uh, you look here in your abrasion on the anterior knee. You find it was caused by a blunt object right across the inside. Now you tell me, how does that happen? <laughs> oh, wow, wonderful. That was my Cyril impression. <laughs> Should close on that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you know what? Maybe we should close on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll close on that. Let's be a little bit shorter than usual. Yeah, but I think, we, can, uh, we can be a quick episode. Today. Timmy's got to go to bed. Yeah, he's yeah. tired. I mean, and, and, and drinking beer at 10 in the morning. I know. We're, we're, we're really, uh, we're on borrowed time as it is. So Yeah, everybody's going to pass out. But and I've been I, and loading I gotta, myself up with caffeine the whole time. And I'm so. going to a beer fest later today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll have that story mm-hmm. next time. I hope. Um, probably nothing's going to happen. Most likely, but you don't have it's, to. It, it's ever since we started doing this. Anytime I do anything, I'm just thinking about, like, maybe something weird will happen. <laughs> what if we, I'm telling you, we Timmy's been telling you for months we have to do karaoke again for I, something mm-hmm. weird to happen. We have well, not done that in a while. Yeah, I agree. We haven't done that in a while. And uh, the only weird stuff happens at level 20 when we go there. Yeah. But it's not as fun as doing karaoke at uh, Nico's, which is the premier karaoke Location in the city, Saturday nights at nine. And <laughs> so, on that note, we don't have any good stories, though. Like, we don't, no stories come out of it. Yeah, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, make sure to join us uh, at Karaoke Nico's Recovery Room in Bloomfield um, whenever we go. I don't know when that'll be. By the time you hear this, <laughs> by the we time still haven't this, gone yet. We, yeah, yeah, we, by we'll, the time you hear this, we still <laughs> will not have been there. All right, so uh, it's been fun, everybody. For John, for Jeff, for Tim. I'm Lawrence saying, as always, so long, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye.